Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Grove, and welcome once again to another Rip Run Reds podcast. Feels like forever, actually. I'm joined. Well, Jason is joined by me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, we missed the game because uh, of travel. You then were uh, away as well. Um, so yeah, good to good to be back back together. Get the band back together. Unfortunate circumstances in which we're doing yeah, it. I don't, I don't, yeah, I think I'd rather it be happier than this, to be honest. But there you go. You can't always pick and choose. Uh, so you went to the game. I did not. We're going to have a little bit maybe of a different opposing views from what we witnessed between the ground and the television. Uh, so let me whack on that intro music and then we'll get straight into it. Saka. This, this is my club. Fucking love this club. Alright. What a goal. Gabriel Martinelli. He's scoring for Arsenal. I always, uh, I've said this a few times. Martinelli scoring for Arsenal is how that intro music always ends. And there was a period of time where he didn't score at all. And then he scored a couple. We were like, he's back. We're going to talk about it later on in the podcast because uh, he's obviously not not fully back yet, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, let's cut that. Um, right, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's let's start like we always start. We're going to start with a written review. Going to hand straight over to Jace. I'm sure it's going to be well. It's 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 going to be something. Go on, Jace. Oh. I thought about this very carefully. What what the hell? What the fuck did I just watch? Uh, thinking about this i feel like deja vu you know have we not seen this episode before have we not lived through this before uh this is the old arsenal i thought we'd got this out of our system i thought this was gone i didn't think we we were going to get performances like this anymore uh west ham with uh i call it a smash and grab job i think you saw last night like they just they came in took a few chances and that was it and then there was nothing else from them the whole game um, so proper smash and grab job. Arsenal unable to break any deadlock. There was just we just couldn't we couldn't get it together. We just the, the final thing would not final touch, final pass, final ball, final shot just would not come up, come off. And incredibly frustrating. But I guess credit to West Ham, they put a proper defensive performance in. Really, um, you know, I, I think about. I was thinking Boxing Day. We went to Boxing Day game last year, didn't we? Uh, West Ham. We I was like, here yeah. we go. It felt, it felt similar. I was like, yes, come on, like 3-1. I went 3-1. I was like, yeah, we're going to win this. Very happy. And then the performance that happened was just just not, no way equate, equated with what we saw what we saw last year. And, and actually what it did feel like last year was Newcastle again. You know, that really frustrating game when we were just smashing our heads against a brick wall. We're just mm-hmm. such a dull in a way. It was quite dull. Like we couldn't break the deadlock. It was really frustrating. We had no, uh, we had no one that could break the deadlock. Why? Because Newcastle were just playing in a way we couldn't break them, and that was exactly what West Ham were doing. We got, I just got so frustrated. Just, we were trying the same things again and again. And like when you when you try the same things, like insanity is the definition of doing the same thing again and again, and 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 expecting different results. And that's what was happening. I was just ah. Uh, 
Anyway, that's my rant. Over. Of, no, it's not a rant. This is completely <laughs> like uh, skewed. I think like I saw a lot, a lot of discourse on on X over the fact that we don't really have a plan B, um, and that was on full show here. It's like we, we're going to keep trying and trying and trying to pick the lock with a with a fucking crowbar by the looks of things, and it just wasn't working. Yeah, there was nothing. I think we need to talk about January in this pod actually as well. I know we didn't touch on that, but that th- this yeah, well, that, that's that's January. my that's my rip room review. That's my bring it, you know, bring it. I, I, well, I, I think that you know, particularly Brentford are going to be rubbing their measly hands together <laughs> at this point in time because they go like, right, that's another twenty million on Ivan Tony. Thank you very much because our business in January has got significantly more expensive. Everyone now knows the problem that Arsenal possess, and it is not defensively, despite the fact that we conceded two goals last night, we're still the second best defence in the league, to Liverpool, which was surprising to me. I didn't think they'd been that great, but obviously uh, Van Dijk might be having somewhat of a resurgence. I've seen a lot of uh, debate online about him versus Saliba, but we, we could get onto that at another, at another time. We're, we're seventh goal scored, and we're behind the likes of Tottenham, Brighton, Liverpool, Man City... You know, these are, and these aren't, Tottenham, for example, are not a team with an out-and-out striker. Um, they they have Richarlison, uh, Kulisevsky, uh, I mean, Son's obviously Son. very, very good, but these, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not, they're not, I mean, Son is, but the other two are not prolific goal scorers. Uh, we haven't had a player score more than five goals in our team. It is, it is quite clear and obvious that we have a problem. It, across the three games that we've lost this year so far, so I think Newcastle, Villa um, and this one, we had 56 shots across those three games and no goals to show for it. Um, it is completely, uh, I, I don't even know how, like you said it a lot of time and I, I hate to kind of uh, lambast you, I suppose, right, Jace? But like you, you said about, oh, we, we like Jesus because he can do this other thing, maybe not this thing so much. Uh, I, I'm down in tools on Jesus because I don't care how much he can drop in deep and pick up the ball and make a pass. He's not doing the thing that a number nine should be doing. And that's what we need to do in January is, is get a number nine. And I think our season uh, results hang on the fact that we we get one. And if we don't, I can't see us winning the league. I, I, I mean, I probably can't see us winning the league anyway. <laughs> but uh, there you go. I, I still go Champions League over league, but I completely agree. Um, there was a point last night. I, I had a very good seat last night. Six, row six, very close to the touchline um, where we were attacking in the second half. And and Reese Nelson came on, on my side for Martinelli. And there was just so many times where they were just looking to cross the ball in. Like, it got to that point where we were just lobbing balls in, lobbing balls in. And I'm like... Hang on, the guy next to me was losing his absolute shit. It was hilarious. But I was, it was really frustrating because it was just like, we've got Trossard in the middle. We've got Jesus in the middle. I'm like, these guys are like shorter than me. I'm five foot eight. Like, they must be five seven. I don't know. Either way, like, the was it West Ham centre back? A bong, I can't say his name. Oh, an absolute root. A bogner. Oh, yeah. Ogbonna, He's tall. Yeah, Ogbonna. Yeah. He's massive, right? They ain't beating him in the air. So, what are we doing? Like, as you said, there's only one route. And as soon as we try and go to plan B, we don't have a plan B. We do not have it. I'm pressing the Ivan Tony button right now. I'm like, I, I agree with you on Jesus there. Like, Jesus is not, uh, it's not that we need to sell him. We don't need to cash in on Jesus. Uh, he is a good backup. Um, he will 
be useful in many other positions. I think he, especially coming wide right, is a good backup for, for Saka. I think he came wide left at times last night. He drops in. He can even maybe play in that more of a 10 position if he needs to. Um, so I don't think it's like we need to sell Jesus. That's not the case. But we need Ivan Tony. I'm saying that. I'm pressing the Ivan Tony button right now. Uh, there's no one else I want. I want Ivan Tony. Just go do it. There's going to be... You saw... I don't know if you saw what Arsblog said. Arsblog... Uh, oh, not Arsblog, sorry. Gunnerblog uh, from The Athletic. He was saying it was more, most likely to be defensive uh, incomings of number one priority. Yeah. A midfield. And it's more likely to be a loan to, uh, to align with FFP. And, um, and I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. Like... It, He's in the know. He 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 has some good sources. He 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 he's more clued in than any of us on what's going on. And I was just like, my heart sank when I read that. Because I, mean, like, I, mean, I, I, I understand it. Yeah, I understand it though. Because we do in our spine, you lose some of those players, and particularly like a lot of our weaknesses. And we'll get onto it. <clears throat> are left and right at the moment, and injuries have compounded that issue somewhat, of course. But I look at the hard, cold fact. I mean, Arteta may look at the stats of this game and look at the the XG, for example. Our XG was 2.73 this game. West Ham's was 1.52. Um, we we should have we should have scored, but we didn't score. But we, we created 30 chances in this game. Five big ones. Yeah. Can you remember any of them? I can't. I, well, I can remember one. I, Saka hit the post. I can. I can remember that Saka hit in the post. And then I think, I can't remember who was in for the rebound, but it fell to them and they missed it. Um, the, Jesus, like, the Jesus header at the back post is like how you oh, not was hitting not, the target no, not, there. Yeah, but he he's too short. I don't, he couldn't get. Jason, he, he couldn't get. He, it doesn't matter if the balls are, if the balls are four foot high. He's got to right be in front of that. He's a striker. <laughs> I was right in front of that. He, he was he wasn't ever. Yeah, he's a striker, but he's not tall enough to be in that position. Ivan Tony or someone taller can get himself around know, the ball got, and he, play it down. He went up. It, it was, it was, that was what's going to happen when you don't have a striker yeah. who can, when you're playing balls like that in the box, yeah. if you do not have a tall striker. Bring, do you know what? Bring back 38 year old Olivier Giroud. Just bring him in. Oh, if that's what we're going to do. Enough. What a guy. I, I'm being, <laughs> I'm being serious, man. I'm being no, serious. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you someone that doesn't have a club, Jake, so we can bring back Marouane Shamak. <laughs> okay, pass. If you wanna, I'm all right. Yeah, let's pass. All right. Let me, uh, I mean, <laughs> Great start. I will. I will just say one. One of the bits. Well, West Ham had uh, three shots on target that game. They scored two. Um, they were significantly. And it, this is crazy to think they had their third and fourth choice centre backs. Not their. Jesus not their first God. and second choice. Paqueta went off injured. Who's likely their most creative player. We all probably feared for the fact that Kudus was going to absolutely rinse Sinchenko, and I don't really think he did this game. But Sinchenko didn't have a great game. We'll get onto it. But the fact we, is that he was got lucky. Yeah, he wasn't left for toes. So, you know, I just, yeah, it's a, it's a mental, mental block that we've got on the striker aspect, I think. Right, I'm um, going to go on to our first topic, which is entitled Fast Start V2. Now, I, mm. I wrote some notes, I think we talked a little bit before the pod. Um, this felt uh, very similar to the Liverpool game in such, and I was, you know, your excitement, your vigour, your passion, your excitement for this game before going into it, actually probably for me as well, I was like, yeah, I'm hyped. This is it. This is going to be it. How did you yeah. feel this this start in the ground? Um, it was it was a brilliant start for the first before up to the West Ham goal, which kind of came out of nowhere. Um, it was a it was uh, an electric start, and the crowd, 
there was just an atmosphere. Uh, in fact, I'll use this point to talk about the atmosphere a little bit. There was just an energy in the grounds. Um, the fan, the fans were up for it. Uh, both ends, you could hear the. the I was sat um, behind the dugout, so just just to the to the left of the dugouts, and you could hear it just going back and forth between both ends as well. Um, it made it, it created that kind of cauldron experience, which which was being asked for. And I think that really helped in regards of, of the way that we started. We had a lot of pressing again. We seem to have that every game, right? The high intensity press, the winning the ball back, then driving forwards on the counter attacks. Um, it was it was a brilliant start. The the problem was the same we've already discussed, right? It was the lack of clinicalness. Like I, I remember there was an amazing uh flick from Odegaard, uh, where I was sitting, I was like, oh that looks it was an amazing little flick. But then Saka just put it straight into the keeper. And you talked about those 30 shots. When you're asking me which of them I remember, I remember a lot of them. Why? Because I get I was punching almost I was punch, I there was a, there was an empty seat next to me. I haven't told you about that, sorry. Yeah, there was an empty seat next to me. I almost wanted to punch the concrete at one point where I was like, ah, oh, because I was just like, we just kept playing shots straight down the middle. They just everything that I saw just went straight into the keeper's arms. I'm like, so we're just putting it down the center. Like put it to the side either way. That was the whole game. But a good a, a good start, but we just didn't capitalize on it. And I think Liverpool, I feel we did capitalize on it. Then we got sloppy. Today we didn't capitalize on it. Or yesterday we didn't capitalize yeah. on it. I mean, that's exactly the new diary. It was an incredibly fast start. And I put that West Ham simply could not breathe. They were getting Arsenal after Arsenal after Arsenal after Arsenal. Every single opportunity that we had to attack their goal, uh, we were attacking their goal. Um, and I, I, I wrote down, we simply needed to score. And you're right, we weren't clinical. We didn't didn't finish on our chances. And we paid the price for it, effectively. But may, And this is part of our risk and reward football, let's say. When we do swarm around and, and press and do that, we get caught quite often on the counter because we commit yeah. a lot of men and a lot of our defenders high up the pitch. Um, there were times that West Ham with a better ball and a better striker would also probably score more than they did because they, they could have easily counted on us quite a few times. And we, we were fortunate, I would say, uh, to get away with just 2-0. Um, but you, you said it leads up all the way to... Let's talk about... Uh, the next segment's called Varsenal, which is all about VAR. Mm. Let's talk about... I want you to just walk me through your experience in the ground of the the West Ham opening goal from your perspective. So, I mean, I again, this was right in front of me. Um, the ball went out to the. They were they were in kind of in our in our half, just inside the the, the center circle, and uh, we weren't pressing as aggressively as I thought we could be at that point to win the ball back. And they were, but they were struggling to find the pass. Then an opening came up on their left-hand flank or on our right-hand side, and Ben White wasn't quick enough uh, to get to it. And at this point, uh, where they put the crossing was right in front of me, and I was like, oh, "That's that shouldn't like we should deal with that." And then all I saw was a ping pong of the ball. I couldn't actually tell who was doing what. I didn't see that the ball went out either. To be fair, from where I was sat, because it was like a ping pong ball. And all that ended up was with Suchek's foot putting it in. And I could, at that point, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Because when a ping pong ball is going into the box, it can go anywhere. But I have so much faith in Saliba and, and, and Gabriel at the moment. I was like, we'll deal with that. Like, it's just a cross. Like, we, that's just their bread and butter. We'll deal with that. It's fine. 
and I just couldn't under understand um, how that had gone in, but it had, you know, I guess situations like that happen. What we had no clue about was the VAR situation, right? Um, we didn't realize that the ball had gone out. Now, um, in the grounds, we just had for about four minutes of just no idea, no idea. Don't show replays, as you know. Um, we were just like, what's happening? And, and the only way there was a bunch of us all around, uh, it got text at the same time. I think I was messaging you going, was it in, was it out? Because we didn't know. Then you said, it's out. It looks out. And uh, and then others had the same. And and then we'd all been informed it was out because everyone watching TV at home had told us. And then they gave the goal and we just couldn't understand why. And, and it, you know, it was incredibly frustrating because for the fan experience it was just like we're entitled to know why one four minutes of a game we're paying to watch is being taken away from us and why and what the decision and the outcome was and why the outcome was just gets really i and i get why they don't show up because they don't want us to all go lynch the ref but well they also don't want to influence the decision but it is i'll I'll get onto it when i yeah I, I I mean I've seen the pictures inconclusive like bollocks to it bollocks to it it's 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 absolute bullshit like if you're gonna put a setup in this is my I haven't seen the analysis on television I haven't seen anything in regards to this I've just seen the pictures on X that have come through right and and what you said to me it was inconclusive and I've seen those pictures and I've gone bullshit like if you're gonna put an infrastructure in. For a solution to identify VAR um, situations, put, every, put camera angles in that can support both sides of the pitch. You can't just have one side of the pitch. You've got a rig on the top of the stadium on the other side. Put cameras up there as well. well there must have been cameras up there. You couldn't have just had cameras on one side of the pitch. Why have you? Not, I just didn't understand because I'm looking at that going, that's out. Just get good. Just flip to the other side. Oh, we don't have the other side. It's a million dollar game we're playing. Like what? What? I, I just sorry. I'm angry. Uh, I haven't let it go. <laughs> I, I just. Oh God, it, I, can, it's I, like... can, I can tell that you. I, I, I get your anger, and I, I'm I'm pretty like blasé about it now because letter of the law wise, I can understand how it's not given. Like you say, it looks his leg is masking the, the ball. His leg is in front of the ball, so you can't tell, but his leg is, like, behind the post. So it's like, you can see that it's not out, but you can't see the ball. And because they can't see the ball, you cannot conclusively say that it's out of play. And this is this is where my, my, my problem with this whole thing is that the current argument for all of this and other decisions that we've had, not just us and other teams as well, is that VAR has to have, like, without a shadow of a doubt, conclusive evidence to suggest that they changed the on-field decision. <clears throat> now, the referees are not making on-field decisions. This is the problem. He, there's no way he can tell if it's in or out. So he's just, he, he, he can't say out because he can't see it. So he just gives it. And then he'll wait for VAR. But the problem is VAR won't do anything because they don't want to go against the ref. They don't want to undermine his decisions. That's what VAR's there for. VAR is this is the technology that we should be using to make the correct decision, to we eradicate human error. That's the point. And I, I, I still don't. I get the goal's not given. I'm, I'm not. I, I, I can't tell you whether it's in or out. Nobody can. 
because you can't see the ball. You can make an assumption to say, oh, I think it's like this, but that's the problem. You're thinking, you're not, you're not accurate. There's more than one technology as well, though, Greg, right? Goal line technology. Right yeah, I know, but then we've, no, we've tennis, like less than tennis less has had archive for how, how many years, right? It's like it's not like the technology doesn't exist. It just feels to me that VAR is like like you're right, cameras on the top, cameras on the side, cameras that follow the bit. Even that FIFA camera, you've seen yeah. it on Sky Sports have a FIFA style camera. Surely that yeah. goes all the way along to the edge of the line. It's just it's just bonkers. And also the camera, like the camera frames, I don't know how many frames per second that those cameras are filming. 60 or 120 I'm guessing but it feels like the freeze frames the ball is moving significantly they can't break it down to even minutiae of detail it, it honestly I I, I I kind of I, I did write down that we, we've not really had much far for us this season only the Odegaard against Liverpool which should have been a penalty to them was the only one that I can truly say that we got in our favor but Michael yeah. Oliver Jesus Christ Michael Oliver just fucking hates us <laughs> I don't know why but he is just such a an inept referee. I, I just don't understand it. He got a lot of abuse in the ground. I'm not uh, surprised because it was just awful. He was. I mean, he wasn't given anything for us. Uh, I, I, there were so many fouls. Like there was a one particular Saka. one in the first. Saka. Yeah, the foul on Saka in the first half. He got sandwiched, brought down, nothing. Two seconds later, <clears throat> we make a foul. Gibbs it, and I'm like. That that one was worse than that one. Like, uh, uh, we, I mean, I, can't the I think when the Saka one, for example, and it, it came off, we had a shot and we missed. So surely you should go back to the foul. Yeah. Because we had no advantage. We didn't score, so there's no advantage. He doesn't want to give anything. Right. I feel I, I don't know if there's anything on VAR you want else you want to say. Or have, we, well, have, you, have you said enough? Well, I mean, the one thing I was saying, like, I was jokingly saying, like, within, like, two or three yards of where that ball went out. I'm sorry, it went out. Um, there was goal line technology. Now, you could use that same technology there. You could have used that same technology in Newcastle. Maybe someone should put a call in to the FA, to the Premier League, and go, uh, guys, VAR uh, is not working in these instances. But we already have a solution for it. So let's use it around the whole pitch, not just the goal line. Yeah, I suspect it will maybe come in next season. They obviously can't change it midway through the season because it just won't happen. And it's unfair against all the other decisions that may or may not have gone people's way versus the latter half. But I yeah. don't give a shit. I'm sorry. I'm so angry <laughs> about it. You can tell because you can tell I was in the ground last night because there's just this venting frustration. It's not an injustice because ultimately we I'm frustrated that we couldn't score. And as I said, we'll talk about the you know our, our problems in an attack, but. But still, the referee performance, the VAR decisions, those feel very, um, they're just uh, adding to that frustration. And, and yeah. I'm i am still not over it, clearly, uh, about 14 hours later. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, I don't want to uh, carry on your rant, but I'll do it anyway, just because I just like pulling the, the Jason string and seeing it go off. Um, the next segment is called Set Into Pieces. So it's about set pieces. Um, and they were frankly abhorrent last night in my opinion we we had an absolutely awful evening on set pieces but there's one in particular that jace wants to kind of talk about from what he could see directly in front of him so i'll let i'll, I'll pull the string jace let me see where it spins uh, to 
Same with was the it was the one where I think Trossard made the really bad pass, right? And we just we had an opportunity to whip the ball into the box when you know the only chance actually legitimately to whip the ball into the box because our our defenders and Declan Rice had gone forwards. There was actually some players that can compete for it. And we decided to play a short pass instead, which was a complete and absolute fuck up. But what was more hilarious? So, as I said, sat by the six rows in next to the dugout. I have the luxury of being very close to Mikel and his coaching staff. Every set piece, and this one in particular, Mikel's using his hand gestures, points to Nico. Nico, get up, get up. Sorry, I'm waving. He was using his arms. He waved Nico up. Nico went and goes to the edge. of He and Mikel steps outside of his little box back into his seat because I think you're not allowed too many people in the box at once. Nico comes into the box. He's doing his orchestra stuff. He's waving his arms. He's doing something. Not one player was looking back at him and uh, for instruction. So he's just there, just like playing his musical orchestra, trying to, uh, you know, orchestrate what he wants to happen. And not one person was listening to him. And 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 then and then obviously we took we played the ball and it was just like yeah Nico fucking sit back down no one's listening to you mate no one's listening but that happened again and again and again and again every time we have a set piece Nico gets up and he's doing all this stuff and you can see no one's listening to him like no player is turning around and looking at him giving him direct eye contact going yep yep understood yep let's do that yep we're going to do set piece a we're going to do set piece tango whatever blah blah code names whatever they're doing nothing absolute nothing it's like nico what the fuck are you here for mate just sit on the bench yeah i mean but even if they had some some direction obviously from training like our our corners were frankly Oh, Trossard! shocking. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Trossard had a bad game. And let's be honest, I think all of us are like now going. I mean, you know, you sent my apology letter already to Kai Havertz um, by proxy uh, when I wasn't about, which is fair enough because I'll let you do that because I think we missed him quite a bit last night. Um, His his physicality, his jewels, his. I I think he could have scored in this game uh, with some of the opportunities that maybe we had. Anyway, yeah, Trossard's corners particularly were were really bad. We just can't... I don't know whether or not it's because we have scored... I think we scored from one or maybe two where we've hit that first player and you get a little skid off the top of the first player's head. I think Ben White had one that was on target and got saved off the line a couple of games back. So we keep trying it, but it's like we've, we've run out of ideas. Like you say, plan A is all that we've got. We don't have a B, a C or anything else beyond that. It's like... Well, we tried the back post one in another game, didn't we? I think we had a there was a weakness. I think it might have been Brentford or somebody else, but we kept on hitting the back post. No, no, that's against us. Sorry, Aston Villa keep on doing this to us, like the back post corner technique, and we devoid of any ideas. And we're usually pretty good at set pieces. I still think our record for set pieces is really, really good. I just don't understand how we were so maybe too many mince pies, too much turkey, too much you know bubble and squeak after Boxing Day. I don't know if that's just weighing in on our tummies and our minds somewhat. I mean, I don't know. The set piece, like I even noticed that last night. Like, I don't know if it was just set pieces, but all the balls are all going for back posts. Like any ball into the box was just like we were going for the far side um, of the back post. Uh, in fact, there was one set piece. Um, Reese Nelson took it. There was a foul on the edge of the of the edge of the box, so it was much closer into the into the box than than a corner would be. Reese Nelson had the ball at his feet, and was like, "Oh, what's going to happen here? See what see what happens." He basically booted it into the stands. It was just it was so far over all of the players. 
It was like, what are we doing? Like, wh- like you could have cut it short. You could have done a cutback. You could have done. Uh, you could have done anything. Just whack it against the wall. I don't care. But don't kick the ball out of play. Like it was so far out of play, no one could reach it. So you know, even Ivan Tony wouldn't have reached it. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, boy, I saw boy January is is needed even for those type of balls, Joe. Yeah, uh, set pieces needs work. Nico, bless him. Uh, I think the best thing he can do in those situations is make notes and go back into the training ground and 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 work on it with the team because trying to orchestrate it on the touchline was not working for him. I was, it was just, I mean, part of us. There was a guy behind just taking the mick, submit the mick out of him and and, and Arteta because it was just like you. You're just wasting your time. No one's listening. It's just, <clears throat> but it's, it's funny to watch how they interact. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, if for anybody that's listening to the audio content, not the video content, I definitely recommend going to YouTube and subscribing and liking because you'll get to see Jason mm-hmm. pretend to be a conductor and orchestrate uh, a defensive set piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Next one. It's probably going to be our biggest segment, I reckon. It's called Scapegoats because I think oh. there was probably a lot of potential scapegoats in this team, in this game. We lost obviously 2 0, um, and we had a lot of chances as we've discussed already. Lots of players to rip into, Jace. Who do you want to pick? Who do you want to choose? Who's going to be on the chopping block for you? Uh, let's start with a controversial one because you have a different opinion on this to me. I was really frustrated with Odegaard last night. Um, you, you thought he was our best player. I, I'm going to bang this up then. This is our segment now. I'm going to bang it up now though. It's called Winter All right, Game. Let's, I, let's do that I, one I, first. Then. Let's I do think, that one first. All right. I, I think, yeah, I do I do think that uh, there's a different type of weather guard when, when the weather hits a certain temperature. But I'll let you let you give your opinion first. Well, we can break a deadlock. Um, and that was because West Ham were playing a very low block. Um, and we had, they had all of their players in our half, with most of them in their de- in 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 their in their box, and we had bar a couple of the centre backs, all of our players around the box. So the volume of people in such a small space was very high, and therefore space was just there wasn't any, and we were playing all these short little passes. We were playing our table in that small space. We were playing proper table, and Odegaard is the king of terrible but it just wasn't working and at that point for me i want to see him try something else because what i observed with him was he just goes circle 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 twist 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 and i was just i mean i was just so frustrating i'm like we this isn't working this is not working them with a low block and us just twisting 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 purse small pass small pass interception they kick it away we come back again Twist, twist, turn, pass, small pass, more interception, they kick it away again. It wasn't working. It just wasn't coming off. Like I, I, A reason also why it was resonating with frustration with me is because I bought the new EA FIFA, or whatever it's called now, EAFC, right? And I I haven't bought it for a couple of years, but I've been playing it over, over the Christmas holidays. And I've been playing with Arsenal because we're quite good on there now. I can play C, uh, FIFA seasons against other kids. And I'm playing there. And I'm I just realized last night, I've been playing Odegaard. Like Arsenal can't even on even on this game, Arsenal can't beat a low block. You're playing with Odegaard. You twist, 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 trying to look, find a space, find a ball. You can't do it. it, it it's impossible. 
And that was like literally watching Arsenal in real life and watch playing Arsenal on the PlayStation this week has been exactly the same. Any team that pl- pl- plays a low block, we struggle against. And at that point, Odegaard, for me, uh, we said it last year against Newcastle. He couldn't create against Newcastle because of the low block. He he runs out of options because he he is a master of 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 finding the eye threading the eye through a needle. But that requires space and and width within the pitch and and we just didn't have it last night. When when West Ham put all their team pretty much within the box, there's nothing. There's nothing he can do. Now either he needs to change his game or we need to change the formation, make a substitution, do something differently. I think Smith Rowe was in a very energetic and a little bit different to Odegaard and I liked how he ran at the play ran at the team opposed to how Odegaard he was you know, more does a, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And and I think directness is what we needed last night. <clears throat> um to to break that blocks. But yeah. You come tell me about your your thoughts on, on Odegaard. Do you see what I'm seeing? Because you said you thought he was our best player. I mean, I, I see what you I, I see. I, I see what you're saying, and I, I can I can resonate with it. He was our best player, I think. I don't think there's not many arguments could be had to say he wasn't. I mean, it wasn't pick of a a rosy bunch, um, but you know, he was definitely good. But I don't think he he created enough chances. He played enough of those balls. We just weren't finishing them with a clinical striker. We would be scoring some of those goals. There was two in particular that he put through for Saka, the little flick, like the rotating one that he kind of threaded like a little cross turn, immaculate. He just couldn't like at the part at the start of this game. I was like. Yeah, his touch was immaculate. It was turn and go. Yes, he twists a lot, and he is—he's very single-footed, which is really frustrating because he—he really doesn't have uh, a right foot. <laughs> he seems to always favour, and that's where, as a defender, he's quite easy to uh, kind of shove out. And that's why he does twist and turn a lot because he can't go that way, so he comes back and then has to go that way again. Um, but he had his weebicks. I feel he—he he was. We're seeing a different player when the temperatures drop a little bit. The Norwegian in him comes out in full force, I feel. When he took those kind of three games of, uh, I think he had a concussion, right? I think he got hit with a ball in the face or something. Yeah. And he was out for a few games. And he came, we, we were all saying he needed a rest anyway. He wasn't playing where we wanted him to be playing. He wasn't. And it, I feel he has got back into a bit more of form. We're just not having the players around him that can score. So I, I think he was creative enough in his chances. They weren't all eye of a needle stuff as you put it they weren't all going to be the 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 key to unlock all of it but he needs some help and he had none of it in this game mm. he had absolutely none of it at all he was putting on what i feel is a one-man show in this game with with no end product from anybody else around him granted he could maybe i i agree with you on the point that he needs to be more direct when the the creative the more fluid the tetra ball isn't working but that like i say we don't have a plan b this, this is plan A and that's the only plan we have. There's a few chances where he was on the edge of the box, right? And he's twisting, he's twisting. I'm like, mate, just take one touch, play it to your left side and pull the trigger. I would, Ariola did have a really good game though, this game, I feel. like I know that you said that most of our shots did go straight down his throat. The ones that didn't, like Saka header made a really good save. Um, that was the only one I can really recall, but he had like he, he saved everything in front of him. Yeah. So we, I, I feel yeah. that we did start not shooting from distance because we just weren't any shots we had from distance. Just felt like they had no pace or no even Saka's cut inside and trying to hit the top left corner. Oh, were really poor. 
Yeah, that was not good. I mean, I was saying, oh, don't do that there because it was just wasn't the time. The only uh, uh, Declan was decent, in my opinion. Um, oh, all right, we can we can talk about that if you like. Because I from what I oh okay. <laughs> so you're saying Dex worst game for Arsenal? Well, that's so. Let's move on to scapegoats then. We can get back on on to the the, the topic at hand. But yeah, I I feel this was Declan Rice's worst game in an Arsenal shirt so far. And like I said, usually he's dropping. Six sevens and eights on the well, sevens and eights, nines on on the regular, and they kind of just go a little bit unnoticed. For the first time, I think I've seen Declan Rice play a loose ball. He played three three loose balls in this game that I could care to count, um, okay. and they were really really poor. And I, I feel that maybe there was it's really really funny. I'm sure you've probably seen it as well. A bit of discourse before this game, Arsenal match day graphic. Uh, 24 hours ahead of the game was just Declan Rice all over it. And it's like all the West Ham fans are obviously getting their back up. But the fact that look at the fucking brazenness of this club sticking our our guy all over their media coverage and just sticking it to us. And I, I, I mean, David Moyes is not this type of manager. But if it was me, I'm sure Arteta has done this in the past. He'd be, he'd be rolling that picture out in front of them in the dressing room going, this is what they've they've got now. And they think they're better than us. What are you going to do? And I don't know whether or not we, I mean, we would have known everything that West Ham were going to do in this game because Declan would have told the club, here's what they do. Here's how they set up. Here's how they block. Here's how they do this. So we should have known everything there was to know about West Ham in this game. And granted, we couldn't do it. But Declan, I don't know whether or not it's the occasion, uh, the the mutual respect that he has. I don't know if that's it or whether or not it's just a, you know his first poor game. But for me... He wasn't doing his usual thing when we were losing, which is dragging the team forward. The captain's uh, mental fortitude inside of him. He is not our captain, but he has that ability to bring the team forward through the game. He wasn't doing that. And mm. it, I wrote on my notes, this just felt like one of those games we're just never going to score. doesn't matter what we do. We're just not going to do it. And he wasn't helping that fact. He was also defensively not not up to his level. There was one really good challenge that I did remember seeing where he did cut out a ball where they were breaking on the counter. That was really, really good. But it's, it's passing. Like, this is where we miss Thomas Partey, in my opinion. Um, his Thomas Partey's passing is, is is incredible. He can really link that defensive midfield position to the forward positions that I don't think we've seen from Declan Rice yet. We've seen Declan Rice do the defensive duties much, much better than Thomas Partey. And that's why we probably need both of them. Go on. Tell me if I'm. Tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, I, I just. Uh, I don't think we see Thomas Parsi in Arsenal shirt again. I don't think really. He's back um, in full training, and we need him, Jace. Although he's got, he'll probably go to Afcon and break his leg again or something stupid. Anyway, so well, he's going to go to Afcon. So yeah, he's going to Afcon, and we we're going to sell him to cash in. We need financial fair play. So and, and yeah. so yeah, it's uh, that's done. I think personally, but um, look, I. I, I observed Declan still making plenty of interceptions last night, um, controlling the ball in the midfield. He wasn't maybe pushing forward with as much aggression, but I think the way that West Ham were playing was preventing us. I don't think that necessarily he was at fault for that. Um, I think the way that West Ham set up, we struggled to play against. It's as simple as that. We struggled to play against a team that sets up that way. We know this. Um yeah, I did also notice a few loose passes and maybe on a personal level for him, it was his worst performance in an Arsenal shirt, but I don't think he was our worst player by far. No, I didn't. Neither, um, do I. Neither, do, neither do I. So, I, I mean, go on and tell me who you think was. It's an eight. 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think um, that I, I reflect on West Ham's chances. So Zinni, maybe it's because he's very much in the focal of my mind after, after, you know, what I said in the last pod, but you know, he, he made a couple of silly fouls again, a couple of loose parts. We had control of the ball at one point in the West Ham's area and he tried, decided to do a pass back and just gave it straight to a West Ham player. It was kudos and just like, I was just, I was so frustrated. It was like one, at one point we had the ball in West Ham's half with the ability to move forwards and, and create a chance. And the next thing he's just passed it to kudos and gone, go on, run to the other side of the pitch. Um, so he he for me didn't he didn't he didn't do himself any glory and so for me those are the things that kind of when I was watching the game it stood out. Um, I mean West Ham didn't have that many chances, right? As you said three shots, two goals, and I mean the first goal. I mean, should it have even counted? We've already discussed I mean, that. Didn't, we didn't we didn't talk about this part though. The fact is that Gabriel and Jinchenko basically ran into each other. And caused that that ping pong ball to ricochet back out to Bowen. That's how the goal resulted. And it's a, a lack of communication. It's a lack mm. of defensive and spatial awareness that Zinchenko, and admittedly Gabriel's part of that as well, but like you say, probably Zinchenko's just at the forefront of people's minds at the moment. I'm just like, it, it's just poor. Zinni was the one for me that stood out. I mean, I don't know why in my eyes Saliba can do nothing wrong at the moment. And I'm trying to think if he, I'm trying to recall if he made a mistake fundamentally that cost us. But I don't think he did. The things that stood out to me was when he had the ball at his feet and he was calm and collected with being pressed by West Ham. And he did he did one quick flick in the turn, took that player out of mm-hmm. contention and played a lovely pass. And I was just like, oh, I love this man. By the way, up close, he is huge. He is an absolute beast. Um I'm so happy he's in our team. But I don't, I, you know, looking at the defence last night, Ben White really maybe could have closed that cross down as well a bit earlier for the first goal. For, uh, he was, I do feel we're missing, at the beginning of the season, I was saying keep Tierney, sell Tommy Yasu, and I, I eat my words, that's an apology letter right there. Um, because we need Tommy Yasu back in the side desperately. I don't know how close he is to coming back. We missed he's him in training, massively. so I think he, he's he's close. Uh, we missed him massively. Um, well, I was texting, I was yeah. texting a West Ham mate on the um during the game, and uh, he was very clear. He's like, Who is your left back? He's getting ripped to shreds. And I was like, Is he your first choice? I was like, No, our, our first choice would be Timber. Did his ACL. There's talk of him being back in February and March, and he goes, Oh, it shows. And I think even he could see the exploits, like everything would go down their right hand, their right players, because we were so, div- our left, if you look at the player ratings, Martinelli, Zinni uh, and <clears throat> Trossard all mm. dropped absolute stinkers, in my opinion. So I, I I think I've, I mean, this comes on. So you asked me who else didn't play well. Um, we, if we move forward with the attack, Martinelli, he was on my list, um, especially in the second half. Again, I, you know, I had he was on on the wing on my side of the pitch. I had the luxury of watching him, and so frustrating. He's when something isn't working, he tries harder. But sometimes you need to try. You need to be smarter, not harder. Working harder. You need to. Yeah, you just need to work smarter and not try harder sometimes. Um, and because he. When he isn't, when he's not got the 
when we're, when they're playing a low block, and he even did this against Liverpool, I think I called this out, he just decides to run straight at the defence. Now, like running like this. Duck. Yeah, <laughs> he's, running, like a... he's running. And, and he just basically runs into a brick wall, loses the ball. And there's sometimes like, mate, it's not going to work. Just pass it back. Just give it back to Zinchenko or give it back to Trossard and then flip the ball to the other side because we're going to have more success with Odegaard and Saka on that side. Like, you're just not winning out. Um, he he just kept running into players, uh, either losing the ball and getting tackled or directly running straight into players. And I was like, I know that you love this directness. Like, you know, I know it's interesting because we were saying we would we wanted Odegaard and maybe Saka to be born direct, but we didn't want Martinelli to be more direct. Um, it's not working for him at the moment. We need a change on that left side. I'd maybe give Reese Nelson a few games. I think Zinchenko, as we've already said, I'd give Kivior a few games. I think just try something different. It doesn't seem like we've necessarily got the courage or the confidence to do that yet. Um, Martinelli in the moment is just running into players and it's it's incredibly frustrating because you can see the other options on the pitch and he's not being able to create anything different. He's he's not reacting to the fact that he's being doubled up on. You can see it. Sometimes three players are in that space. So last night it was about three players he had in front of him because of the way West Ham were defending as well. So you're not going to get through three players because you, where you want to get to is you want to get a certain amount of distance into the box, into the byline for a cutback. That's exactly what you want to do. Or you want to flip it onto your right foot and have a shot in. Either way, it's not coming off. You've got three players in front of you. He kept trying the same two tactics again and again and again. And it failed. What about you? Who, who else? Got, is there any other players? I'm going to call up the whole 11 at this rate, Jeff. <laughs> like I agree with you, Martinelli. Uh, really, really poor. Um, not, you know, just so his, his execution is really, really poor. His touch was really, really poor. Um, and he just wasn't making things happen. Usually, I kind of really uh, laud Martinelli for his ability to just keep going and keep trying, um, and kind of driving at players. And like I say, maybe he was driving at players, and the way maybe on on a audio format you didn't see it, but he just puts his head down so much. It's like he's just running with it, looking at his feet, and he doesn't. He's not looking with his head up, figuring out where to go, where to play the pass, where to hit the ball. That was really bad. I think Saka had a poor second half. I think he had a good first half, and I think he looked. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot going through him. We've seen this before. Like you say, that Erdegaard, Saka, Ben White kind of partnership down that right-hand side is usually the most fruitful for us. Um, but he, he looks... There was a point in this game as well, and I think he did it. I can't remember which game it was. It was recent. We were talking about it. Uh, actually, it was the game we were at. So that was Brighton, mm-hmm. where he just got, gave up, and he looked absolutely knackered. And it was like, you just need to get him off because he was just tired. But it, And it seemed in this game too, there was a point where he lost the ball and he just kind of went, meh, the, the defence will collect that. And it's like, Arteta, I mean, he plays him into the ground. So it's kind of, he's kind of at fault as well. But the fact that he'd be going mental at him at that point, going, what are you doing? You lose the ball, yes. you track the runner and you go back and get the ball back. That is how I'm going to play. Well, I know, but no that energy. doesn't make sense. So maybe he just played him into the ground, but... You know, we, we've, we've now got a two-day gap between when we play Fulham. We're playing Fulham on Sunday. You're going to have one training session. If that, I don't even know if they will. They must have a training session today. Yeah, I reckon they were natural. Or, to, or day off today and then have a Saturday training session. But we've got two two full days to prepare for that match. And Saka's not going to get any fitter in those two days. 
I've said we need a Saka backup many a time, and it's not because Saka need. It's because we need someone who can give Saka a rest. Um, maybe you could play Jesus there, but we don't have another striker. Here. Well, we have Eddie. That's the other. Well, I, because I, 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 I would have said play Eddie. I, I would have taken off Jesus earlier. I know he didn't even come off at this point anyway during this game, but I felt yeah, that yeah. it wasn't working through Jesus and that Eddie might have given. I don't think he was given enough time in this game to have an impact. Mm-hmm. He did try, well, but I, I'm not. I'm not going to lambasta kind of say that he didn't do his thing in during this game because he didn't really have. He had 20 minutes, 25 minutes to to break the deadlock. Yeah, I mean, it, it did actually feel like an Eddie-type game, actually. No, that, um, I wrote that, I wrote I, that on my notes. I, I thought we could have started him um, over Jesus, but Jesus obviously been playing quite well, so, he, you know, Jesus is always going to get the nod when he's fit. But definitely felt like that kind of game. But, you know, is there... I think we did it against Man City, right? Because Saka was injured. We we played Jesus on the right and, and Eddie yeah. down the middle, and we, we won that game and we created chances. So, you know... Sometimes, you know, what you think might be a risk, like sometimes you've got to take a risk to succeed. This is, if you don't take a risk, you don't succeed. And last night would have been an example of, would it have been better to give Saka a rest, take a risk and and, and try something else? Because also, if you don't have Saka in that position, you've got Jesus, you're probably playing a different kind of football as well. You're probably trying something different. Something that West Ham probably aren't prepared for as well, in the way they're, they're defending. So, there's, you know, I feel like we don't. When Arteta finds a formation that works well, we that's the own. I, I love Arteta. I'm not calling for his head. I am a massive Mikel Arteta in, and always have been, even before we brought him in. I wanted him before Emery. So. I, but what I will say is I, I can critique what I observe. And what I would say is he sticks to um, particular lineups and formations and doesn't have that much fluidity in changing our lineups to to, to vary, to throw a surprise. Uh, Grev, you talked about us having the resources and the capabilities at the beginning of the season to have an unpredictable lineup, you know, to... to and I don't feel... I mean, obviously, we've had a few injuries, which has restricted us doing that. But at the same time, I don't feel that we are, have been doing that. I feel like once he finds something that works, he sticks to it. But the injury, I think, has impacted our ability to be able to try and do those things. But I do also uh, agree with you. Bearing in mind, I, mean, we, I was talking about this with some friends last night, because they were saying, rank the, the coaches in the Premier League. Where does Arteta fit in? And I kind of said, probably... At the moment, third or fourth behind Pep and Klopp, and maybe I would say Deserby, Poch, are probably Arteta. This is his first Poch. big job. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 I don't. Yeah, I know. I don't rate Poch. The fact is that he didn't win anything with Spurs, and I think had the best opportunity to do so when he was there. Everyone always talked to me about how much of an elite coach he was. Um, yeah, you know, you've got a golden boot. You had Son, Kane, were absolutely hammering assistant goals. But anyway. I don't want to get into it. The fact of the matter is that Arteta is still a young coach. He's early in his career. He is. This is his first. You know, this is this is a massive club. You know, there's not many managers that would walk into their first job as a as a manager at one of the biggest clubs in the world. It just doesn't happen. Um, and so the fact is, we've given him resources, we've given him time. I was actually going to raise this in the parking lot. 
and I'll, I'll whack that up now. Why not? Um, I have two things in the park. Look. One's completely unfootball related, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Do you think that if we end this season with nothing, what happens? What do you think happens? We don't sack him. Um, there's no one else to bring in who's better than him. And I'm, I, I mean, I, I believe that, you know, I believe in what he's trying to do. I believe in what he's brought to the to the club. I believe in his methodology. I just want to see, you know, I think you've got to remember, you just called it out. He is a young coach. He's developing it. He's developing and learning. I so I, I I don't disagree with you, Jason. I just at the end yeah. of the day, I'm what seventy five percent to seventy to seventy five percent of the season. I'm watching games that Arsenal are winning. I'm watching games that I'm enjoying. I'm not seeing this negative vibe that was at the end of Wenger's <laughs> reign and when Emery was there. So uh, and the atmosphere when it wants to be, and this I think it was better yesterday. It wasn't it was still wasn't quite at the levels of last season, but it was definitely better. Um, you know, we, 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 there's an atmosphere that I want to go and watch football in. Yeah, obviously we want trophies as well, but that just it just doesn't happen. But this is this is, know, but this like, is all, where all, all the time. I, I, but this is where I'm trying to lead you. I'm leading the witness. I know. I'm, I'm trying. There is there's an saying, aspect here that, 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 you know, if we don't win something, you know, we've had a two seasons on the bounce, there is a portion of our fan base that is already on the back of what are we doing? We lost against West Ham at home, etc. And I, I agree with you. It's it's stupidity at its finest. But there are other things that last season we had a, a much better connection with this club. And with things such as, you know, uh, Ashburn and Army having their allocation cut, the ballot system, which is ruining the, the fan-going experience, VAR decisions. And if we don't win silverware in any shape or form this season, bearing in mind that I suspect... We could go out of the wet of the FA Cup against Liverpool here, right? We, we've already thrown the League Cup. If we threw the FA Cup as well, we are we're only relying on two big trophies that are very, very difficult to win. Um, there, there is a portion of our fan base that is going to be calling for his head, and those voices will be yeah. very, very loud. And I think the club haven't done there was even I know this is just like stupidity, but like there, there was a you know, uh, Chunks, you must know who Chunks is, the the YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a picture of him doing the the iron uh, symbol. He's an Arsenal fan. His picture is actually on the That's side. I say, of the, is uh... it? Is he an Arsenal fan? Yeah, yeah, and his picture's on the side of the ground as one of the the uh, the pictures of the uh, on the murals on the wall. But it, apparently, it was done for a bet, and he did it with a friend. But it's like it's just it's just little things like all of this, and it's like uh, the club aren't doing themselves any favors with this type of PR and publicity. And the results need to show on the pitch to help mask some of those issues. And in my opinion, if they don't. I'm not going to be one of those ones like you. I'm a Teta stalwart anyway, so I'm not going to be like like the poisonous end of Wenger years. Even I still wanted Wenger, even at its worst, because of what he did for our club. But there's only so long that you can hang on to that uh, notion of uh, grandeur and all the past and the stuff that he, he built that stadium. He won so many trophies for us. He got the gold Premier League, you know. You have to at some point, and there was most people like ninety percent of our fan base were like, it, you know, bring somebody else in. I, I can hear those voices getting louder. Yeah, and and I if they if I go right, who? who yeah, who, I, know, I, I mean, mean, I I I rate the, the Derby. I, I rate the Derby, yeah, and I think yeah, and that's the, I, I was about to say he's the only person you could bring in, but at the same time, there's something 
there's something valuable about our having, I know it sounds, sounds stupid here, Arsenal DNA in the club. Like Arteta, yeah. and Tosaka, Edu have played for the club. They know what it means. And I value that more, I think, than, than you know, and deserve a great coach. And yeah, cool. We can't have Arteta. He's probably the next one I take. But Arteta's won an FA Cup. He's a young coach. He's mature. He's going to make mistakes. Look how long it took Klopp to get a Premier League trophy. But so I don't want him to go either. I'm just I I I I think we we give him as much time as he needs. I know that sounds maybe like what? Well, I'm like yeah. Well, uh, give him time because who else are you going to bring in? You're going to bring in Deserby, then you're going to go through the same process again. Same process again. We're already on a road, so let's not go through it again. And then after that, who are you going to bring in? I don't want our version of Ten Hag coming in. I don't want another Unai Emery. Like, I'm sure he's very... I'm sure if he came in now, maybe it may be more successful now he can speak English. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't buy into that. I think you just got to... got to have faith and trust the process. Trust... I know that's very... They'll be fans. They'll be fans. Get the hashtag out, out, yes. Get the hashtag yeah. out. Well, there'll be fans telling me to do one right after that, but it's like it's, it's genuine, right? Um, you know, I think we we work in in, in corporate organisations where we know that trust the process is in, in, important, and I think it's the same here. Yeah, you know, a lot of people say it's not about the end goal; it's about the journey, right? And that is we like we said last season, even portions of this season, the fan going and crowd going experience and watching Arsenal has been significantly better than it has been over the past decade. Um, and the connection with the club is significantly better and the engagement with the club is significantly better and our, our feeling towards, and like you said there, that attachment to Arteta and he knows what it's like to play for Arsenal. We are a class outfit. There, there is no denying, I think, that that's why other fans hate us because we're not Chelsea. We're not Man City. We're not getting 115 charges trying to move our way to a Premier League trophy. You know, we're not spending billions and billions on... Uh, uh, we were talking about this last night. I can't name anyone in Chelsea's side anymore. Who the, who the fuck are all those players? I have no idea who any of them are. Reese James. He's coming from the place. He's always injured. They're like, oh, this uh, Madueke or whatever his name is. I'm like, who is this guy? Where's he come from? They signed. They signed a load of kids who I've never heard of. Up and coming oh, talents from I don't yeah. know where. But yeah. All right. Another another time, I think uh, maybe during the international break, I had this idea, and I'm not I'm going to throw it out there now. We could do a a, a drunken uh, rip roaring reds, and then we could really get it all out, Jess. Um, Did I not just see. do that? Maybe <laughs> um, there was there was I said one parking lot bit I wanted to add. This is un completely unfootball related, and it's going to make me sound like an absolute clown, but I, I want to say it anyway because it's just for for the for the for the clicks. Um, I uh, was putting up some furniture yesterday and I haven't, uh, I've not bought one before and it was absolutely life changing. I bought an electronic screwdriver uh, and oh my God, it has changed, it has changed my life. This, honestly, putting up furniture was a fucking breeze. I was just like, just this electric screwdriver was just unreal. And I, I, you know, anybody that doesn't have one, bite the bullet, go and buy an electronic screwdriver. Your life will change when it comes to DIY. And uh, it's just really, just hit me, Jace. It's just a great thing. Is that not just a drill with a like? I've got a drill. It would be, but my drill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my drill's got. Uh, I think my, my drill's got SRS. I think that's what it's called uh, for, like masonry wood and all that kind of other stuff. So yeah, you can't yeah. connect into. So I bought a little Bosch. Uh, there are other yeah. uh, electronic screwdriver manufacturers that you can purchase as well. <laughs> so it's not an advertisement, um, but like you know, it was great, life changing for me, Jace. And and Bosch, if you, if you want 
uh, if you want, <laughs> if you want, you want to send me, me another free, one, <laughs> you want to send me one, I'll, 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 I'll take it. I'll talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to give him a little backhander now. It's fine. Uh, right. Uh, that that leads us to almost the hour mark. Uh, a very very uh, heavy set of topics. Hopefully to end on a bit of a wow. It's been a bit of a downer. Obviously, it's a two 0 loss. What can you do? Um, Jace, if if our audience uh, are grabbing our content, what would we like them uh, to do? Well, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, I'd love a like um, and I'd love a comment. You know, I'd love a question for us. Give us feedback. We're trying to grow. We're trying to improve. So all feedback is is appreciated. Um, and Greb, if you're listening on podcasts, what should you do? podcast on your uh, Apple podcast I, provider uh, yeah or, or spotify wherever your podcast probably get yeah give us a, a five-star review we've only had five-star reviews i think on both platforms so far so i'm pretty happy about that so keep that trend going um and just just make sure you're listening if you really do enjoy our content please do give us a listen please do give us a subscribe it really does help us grow our audience and hopefully uh get a bit larger in the future so yeah really appreciate any of the audience kind of interaction that we have um, and if you do uh, not follow us on TikTok already, definitely recommend that. Jace was at the game last night and sent a few TikToks. He started to do uh, do some content on that space as well, which has been really good. So, uh, yeah, definitely give that a follow if you can. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, we're, we're playing Fulham on Sunday. Uh, maybe, and we've not talked about this yet, we could try live, Jace. I don't know if you're available. Uh, first, uh, Sunday, yeah. yeah. I'm not celebrating New Year's Eve, so... Sh- Okay, right. So we might better do a live. So we'll catch up with all of you again on Sunday to hopefully see Arsenal back at their rip-roaring best. Other than that, have an enjoyable time between your Christmas and New Year, and uh, we'll see you again very, very soon. Cheers, guys. Take care. And now I've got to get that outro music. (laughs) (laughs) When I can find it. There you go. Boom.